Let's begin with a drum set. Listen for an explosive live sound. The snare should be crisp and the cymbals should ring.
Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 8 a.m. Look at that. Right it on the dot. You are listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Oh, I know. Yes. Soak it in, ladies and gentlemen. You made it. You made it through a great weekend. I uh, hope that you had a safe, fun, and awesome weekend. It's now Monday morning. Michelle Gums. Good morning, A-Town. GMA. That's right. Um, we have... A great guest today. Wow. We have, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm great. Oh, man, you really set that up. <laughs> we have a father. We have a public servant. We have a sergeant. Yeah. That trail of superlatives leads to only one person, and that is Sergeant Chris Weaver, APD. What's up, my man? Good morning. How are you? Yay! All right. You said I was a great guest. Actually, I, I kicked it off a little rough. I promised you coffee and scones. And, he did. And, and I was I was running late, and you ended up getting coffee, uh, delicious coffee, by the way, from Treadwell. Treadwell. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but these cookies are insane. Yes. Was it a white? White, White chocolate, chocolate peppermint. peppermint. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got good stuff. Josue oh, yeah. Pais, good morning, my dear brother. Harry Beast Dog Parlor is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So we got things to talk about. I have the normal news to tell you guys about. Uh, we've got a great initiative going on tomorrow. So I'm going to plug that in right now. Good morning, Aurora. will not be on the air tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We have to work and we will be in our community you can check us out at new community baptist church from 8 30 to 11 30 tomorrow morning or, or excuse me and we'll also be at main baptist church as well and we will be there from 1 to 3 p.m our friends of the neighbor project in conjunction with the vna alderwoman shakita hart burns alderman ed bug alderman at large sherman jenkins and state representative stephanie kipfowit will be providing booster shots flu shots and vaccines to those who need them. So if you or someone you know is interested in getting a booster shot as well as flu shots for kids or a vaccine, uh, come on out there. The flyer will be posted uh, to our uh, Facebook page after the show. All right, all right. Kay Collins, good morning from the Bahamas. Damn, making us all jealous. Oh, yeah, my. right? You are dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking up shivering together. Really? In the Bahamas, you and I. No, you and I walking into the studio. Oh, yeah, Shepard. I was about to say, Bahamas, bro. Long, long John's on and everything. She's coming from the Bahamas. Yeah, she's warm. She's warm. Christine Walker, good morning to you. She says she loves scones. We do, too. All right. So, um, I just I just introduced yourself. Um, you know, let us know who you are, where you're from, and introduce yourself properly to the folks. Hi, my name is Chris. Oh. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, I'm... I'm uh, 
button. Oh, wrong button. Yeah, 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 yeah. wrong button. <laughs> no, that was that was the right button. Uh, no, my name's my name is uh, Sergeant Chris Weaver. I'm I'm a sergeant with the Aurora Police Department. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been with the police department roughly uh, 19 years and counting. Um, love it. Uh, I'm a born and raised in Aurora. Um, actually, lived in Aurora. Uh, recently, until they annexed us into Sugar Grove, so ah, so, damn! I, I did. I had the six oh five oh six, and uh, that's yeah. I was born and raised on the west side. Uh, grew up going to Catholic school uh, for a while, and then uh, Holy Angels over there okay. on the west side, and then uh, we moved further west and swapped to public school, um, where we went to Freeman, Freeman Elementary over School on, over on Randall. Shouts out, yeah, uh, Washington I was a Washington general. And then, um, oh, of course, West Side, the best side. Okay. Uh, we get more West yeah, Siders on yeah, the show. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. typically been a lot of East Siders. Shout so out. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Blackhawk, but um, I'll tell you what, I love, I love this city. I love the East-West rivalry. Um, I love the, the Tomahawk trot that they just had and raised a ton of money. That's right. Combining our efforts yep. on the East and West Side. I think that's cool. You know, when, once you uh, once you start to join forces with the east and west side, um, I mean, you see what's what we're capable of. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out to the A E E F, the Aurora East Educational Foundation, yep. and the A Plus yep. Foundation. Foundation for West Aurora Schools. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, my my parents um, both born and raised in Aurora as well. Um, even some of my grandparents. Um, well, so we're. We're a generational family here nice. in the city, and we're all invested, um, all in some form of, of public service um, throughout the years. Good. So, nice. Yeah. Um, now, your your father was a police officer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he was uh, from the 70s until uh, early 2000s. Actually, about a year before I got hired, he retired with 31 years of service. I didn't want to work with you no more. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I was scared to like work. Like my son's was, coming off. I was scared to work for him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like no, with anybody except my dad. No, yeah. no, yeah, no. My dad, my dad's a, my dad's a, uh, my hero, right? He's my role model. Um, and thirty-one years of service for the city of Aurora. He, he was actually one of the first cadets uh, in, the, in the first cadet class that that the uh, Aurora Police Department ever had. Holy cow! And worked his way up through the ranks over thirty plus years, and then uh, even when he retired, he still went and worked for the city. Shouts but, out to uh, EA Michelle. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but my mom, uh, my mom grew up on the east side. Actually, my mom and dad both grew up on the east side. But my mom's from Pigeon Hill. Okay. Um, and uh, went to a high school called Madonna, which is no longer around. So that, there's a little history. Madonna High School. Madonna, yeah. Tracy Duran, can we get some information on Madonna High School, please? Didn't know, didn't know there was a Madonna High School. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, she, uh, or they, they raised us over on the west side. And then... Uh, Later on in life, I would say, you know, I think it was like 12 or 13 or so, she went and got her nursing degree okay. and became a uh, full-time nurse. Okay. You know, that, and uh, we were all so proud of her, you know, when, when she did that because, you know, it was, it was uh, one of those challenges, you know, that sometimes adults face when going back into the school environment. Right. You yeah. know, and, and going back into the workforce. And, and uh, so, so proud of my mom. She's also a uh, four-time, I might, might even be low on that, four or five-time cancer survivor. Wow. Uh, two times with breast cancer, thyroid cancer, all that stuff. So she's she's kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And uh, shout out to mom. Yep, yep. Shout yep. out to mom. So I told her. So she's, uh, she's a fighter. She never gives up. Um, 
you know, and, and she's also a hero, great role model to me as well. But um, yeah, she, she did nursing for, I'll say like 25 years and did a lot of cancer uh, research and stuff like that. Okay. So, and she's still, now she's on a national board, uh, making sure that uh, people are getting the information that they need about lobular breast cancer. So, um, my dad's also a deacon in the Catholic Church. Really? Yeah. So oh, wow. he's, <laughs> you know, over at uh, Our Lady of Good Counsel. So he's, he's still uh, working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they never stop with uh, service to, to the community. So that's who I have to look up to. That's what um, what kind of drives me, you know, making sure that you're uh, giving back to the community that helped raise you, you know? Yeah. Shout out to Our Lady of Good Counsel. Uh, I think that they, they do a lot of community stuff mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, so I, they've been in our news a couple of times, I think maybe a few months ago. Um, okay, so I wanted to... I wanted to ask you now, uh, unfortunately, last week on Friday, there was a recent, or excuse me, there was a uh, threat to West Aurora High School. It looks like it was part of a national trend of yeah. these TikTok videos. Mm -hmm. um, can you share with us what you can about that? What does something like that like really entail? And how does it go about being a threat to then all clear kind of Thing. Yeah, just kind of like the process of how we, we yes. sort through something like that. Well, for, I let me see. First and foremost, uh, for five years out of my out of my career thus far, it's one of the best times I've ever had. We were talking about this before the show. Yeah, um, I was a, a school resource officer, as we call an SRO, um, at the police department, and I was at West Aurora High School, uh, my alma mater, and uh, I'll tell you that it, it was one of the most rewarding experiences I've had so far with my career. I'm glad uh, yeah, you said that. Too. Work, yeah. yeah, yeah, working with the working with the kids, um, you know, and uh, some of the nostalgia, you know, some of the teachers that I had were still there. Uh, some were retiring, some were, you know, still plugging along and doing a, doing a great job. But being in there and getting to see that dynamic between teachers and kids and then being plugged in as as you know, as Johnny Law, as the law, <laughs> as the law enforcement, yeah. you know, oh, Mr. Weaver, right, right, right. <laughs> but really, my focus was was more of, you know, what can we do to correct the behavior now, you know, instead of, you know, all right, let's we have to arrest on this or we have to arrest on that, right. or you know, um, less on punishment really, and and more on, um, you know, just just giving them the resources they need to be successful. You know, let's get them on the right track now. Right. Especially while they're kids, before they become adults, so that when they make those mistakes later on or they can attempt to avoid it before it becomes, you know, now I'm posting bond or I'm going to jail. Right, and all yeah, that career so criminal activity. Yeah, let's yeah. let's figure it out now. So anyway, uh, to get to your, your question, um, you know, that's not the first time something like that has happened where we've had a national trend or, or social media friend or threat like that go around. Um, what we do, first and foremost, is identify where it's coming from okay. on our end, right? We know that it could be coming from a different state. It could just be, you know, bouncing around on the internet and somebody's just re pulling it out of the air and, and grabbing right. it and sharing it. Um, but what you have to do is identify, you know, as quickly as possible, which is very, very difficult to do with a lot of moving parts, like 4,000 people in a building. Yeah, you right. Know, but try to narrow it down. You're basically trying to backtrack now. 
the to the original source of the you know for that building. Right, like so, who posted right, this? Right, right. Okay. Who started sharing it from this building first? Okay. You know what I mean? And is it credible? That's the most important thing. And we take all of these. Serious as a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, you have to. Right. You have to. Um, which is why it's so important. Um, and I would always, you know, I, I impress on my kids who go to West. Like, if you see something, say something. Amen to that. You know what I'm Amen saying? Don't, that. don't. And it happens quite a bit where, where you know, even something smaller, right? A, a smaller scale, like, hey, there's going to be a fight, like fifth period and lunch. And you know 50 kids already know that it's going to happen. Right. But nobody says anything because they, they want to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. But it just takes one. Just one kid to stand up and be like, hey, this is wrong. This is going to happen. We need to let you know so that we can try to thwart it before it even becomes an issue. Right. Um, because, we're like, you know, I mean, Again, to get back to the threat thing, when we're trying to narrow down, you know, where, where it all started from or who started sharing it first, um, it takes a lot of resources, um, not only from school staff, mm -hmm. but we need to get officers involved, different units within the police department involved, investigations, our intelligence unit, right. and trying to track back to where all that is. Once, once you know, we get that threat and, and we start that into motion, we, uh, you know, we do a uh, soft lockdown, you know, because we want to control sure. the environment. Right. You know, nobody keep, in or out. Nobody in or out. Okay. Uh, parents, kids. Uh, and I know that there can sometimes be um, some frustration with that, mm -hmm. you know, like, especially as a parent, you know, I, I fortunately in my position, I have, I have the ability to know what's going on, you know. Um, but others don't. So I think what West High did was uh, was fantastic because they were constantly sharing communication with, yeah. with the parents. As a parent, I appreciated that. Yep, I saw the updates as well. Yep. They had them on social media everywhere. Right. Um, and I, I truly do appreciate that. Um, not only as a parent, but as a police officer because you're constantly giving information, updates, um, and keeping the parents and kids informed as well. Right. So, uh, which is huge. Um, one thing that I... I I have friends who are teachers at, at West, and one thing that they had expressed to me was to please have the parents not uh, text their kid and tell them to make a break for it. So people were really doing that, yeah, man. Yeah, and I, I get what? it. Yeah, I get it. I get it though, right? Um, it's scary. It's a scary situation. And uh, but in 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 when we have um, the school in a, like a soft lockdown where yeah. classes are still going on, teachers are teaching. But it's going on for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's kids that, that get scared. There's parents that get scared. And I get it. 100% get it. But the last thing that, that we need as police who are trying to, to control this environment and to get the situation handled mm -hmm. is kids running out of the building. So a soft lockdown is no movement in or out the school, but classes are still going on. Mm -hmm. And for lack of a better term, a hard or strong lockdown would be the same thing. Nobody in or out, but there's no movement in classrooms. Correct. Okay. So yeah, yeah okay. It'd, it'd be like a, a complete shutdown of everything in the building. Okay. Um, but where it's a soft, it would be, um, and this would this would work in like a business too, you know, mm -hmm. like a business type of situation where you have a large building and you're you know you're trying to control the environment. 
Right. Alyssa Ocon, good morning. Cruz Ocho, look at all of you guys here. What? Hit the clap for you. Look Cruz at Ocho, you. Is, that the, is that the musician? That's him, yep. yep. Yeah. Cruz Ocho. <laughs> Cruz Ocho, the police are looking for you for good music, brother. <laughs> for good music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cruz Ocho, uh, he is one of the, he's a member of the group The Highest Low, himself and Justin Wise, and they uh, their music has been played on our show. We play it in the morning time. We switch between them and another uh, young guy by the name of Love Em, great guy, Savage Pen Productions. So we break local Savage music on here. Yep. Shout out to Aurora Christian. Aisha Saxon is here. Sandra White, good morning to you as well. Bianca Camargo went to schools there. OLGC. Our Lady of yeah, yeah, Good, good counsel. counsel. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, yep. Bianca Camargo, good morning. Gloria Gerardo, good to see you. Get Vax, thank you, Michelle. And uh, yeah, Stephanie Stevie Fox Cleary, good morning. Willie Willis, good morning. All of you guys, look at you. Karina, hello. Okay, um, so. Uh, how, now that resolved peacefully. It, it resolved yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah. but uh, I guess to wrap it up though with that, are there charges when that person is found? Like if that if the, if the person who was doing that was in the school, that youngster is charged. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a whole. I mean, we could talk for an hour just about that mm -hmm. about about how that uh, all transpires. And uh, I will say that uh, in my experience, because we we had something similar when I was a uh, when I was the resource officer there on this in this particular incidents uh, I was removed from it so I can't really okay I don't really know um, what they what transpired you know it's a juvenile gotcha so gotcha can't really talk about it. but in my experience um, something like that where you're where you're causing like even even a major fight like in the building obviously you're gonna have some some charges of something like that but when you uh, let's compare it to like pulling the fire alarm right right you're there's not a fire but You've pulled the fire alarm, thereby evacuating the building or stopping all everything. teaching yeah, and everything yeah. like that. Even uh, you know for a short period of time, that's a felony. You know, pulling the fire alarm when there's no fire, it's uh, it's covered under disorderly conduct. It's a felony. Yeah. It's a felony because you're stopping an entire school day, right? You know, because you're you know joking around or or whatever. So yeah, you know there there can be, and it's uh, it's very serious. So. Damn, you got you got to be mindful about what you're putting out there, or, or sharing, or even commenting on. Because when you post a comment on social media, you know what it doesn't have is uh, an expiration date. Well, an expiration <laughs> date, <laughs> <laughs> or um, you know, vocal inflection. You know, right? You, you can't. You're not hearing somebody actually say it, so you can't tell if it's a joke. Or, exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. You, you really have to be careful about what you're putting out. Yep. Yeah, what you're saying or, or sharing even um, because it can, it can be dangerous. You know, if it's taken the wrong way and it ends up shutting down a, a building for a whole day. Right. That's serious. That, that's a serious, serious thing. All right. Um, so, Michelle, I would love to get back to, sh back to street adjustments and keeping them out of the system. Thank you mm. very much. Very yeah. well said, Michelle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Novoa, good morning. Vanessa Rodriguez Aguirre, good morning to you, dear friend. All right. Um, so we're here with Sergeant Weaver of the APD, and uh, good to see you guys. Good morning to everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. We are back. Once again, there will be no Good Morning Aurora tomorrow. We will be working in our community tomorrow, so we'll see you on Wednesday and Thursday. 
Okay, um, the next thing I want to bring up is uh, body cams. Yeah. So those look to be rolled out by 2022. How's it going? And what's the work that has to happen with the IT team? What is, what's that whole thing look like? Well, body cams, by the way, these cookies are amazing. On point. Guys, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys <laughs> heard us talk at the beginning of the show, but these white chip peppermint cookies from Treadwell Coffee in downtown Aurora. Yep. Treadwell, shouts out, shouts yes, out, yes, good yes, place, yes. good thank place. You, um, body cams, uh, I love them. I think they're a great idea, um, a great resource, a great tool um, for us to use. It captures every interaction that we have, right. um, and I honestly think it's going to help us more than more than anything else. Right, um, to really capture the essence of the moment of what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, and things that we see on a on a day to day basis, hourly, minute minute by minute, um, minute by minute by minute by. I keep holding on. <laughs> I keep holding. All right, that's, yeah. You usually do the singing, but I did. <laughs> no, 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 tear it up. Um, so I that's why I like it. Um, and I've I've always kind of had the mindset that this is gonna be obvious, but I've always had the mindset that I'm on camera all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and and if you're out there and you're doing your job, and and because I know there's some there's some contention about it. You, know, you, you get it once in a while. You some, mean with some some pushback? The, from, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and if you're out there doing doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's not an issue. It's just another tool for you to, you know, fully illustrate what what you're dealing with. Yeah, I I, I I here's the thing that I know for a fact that sometimes you see it hey look the guy's taillight is busted yet you're trying to pull him over now he's speeding off who knew he had two ounces of crack cocaine and a gun on him who knew <laughs> right so i the the transparency and the ability to show what life is actually like i think is a no-brainer for right. police departments right. i do wonder though what is the credible pushback that some people have about wearing, or some departments have had about wearing? But what I mean, what? I, I, how I do think they some people that get nervous needle? about, like you know, just just like personal privacy. Sometimes, like, is it going to go off? Like when I'm in the bathroom, is it going to go off while I'm on a private phone call? Okay, you know, right. with, with my with my spouse or something like that. Sure. And you're going to you guys are going to be recording that, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it's not necessarily like, are you going to go hunting and and trying to find. I mean, doing something wrong. Right. It's not. That's not what it is. Um, it's. It's more or less like, you know, when I'm not on a call, are you, are you going to be logging in, catching me, at, like, I'm, you know, talking to my spouse, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm, right, you know, eating my dinner. Like, do you have to record me eat my dinner? It's kind of, you know, what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. One of those kind of things. Um, we are we are rolling out like in January. We'll be going live. Uh, providing everything you know works works the way it is uh, with technology. Every you know, there's always hiccups along the way. So what we have been doing is um, have a team of officers and supervisors who have been uh, wearing the body cams already. Um, uh oh, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're working working the kinks out, you know. Yeah. Um, because sometimes they'll they'll activate um, when they shouldn't, you know, like sure. Gremlins, um, like you're, like you're not just doing it. You're not doing anything. Just you know, driving around, and uh, you know, just all of a sudden starts recording. So we were trying to figure out why is that happening. Um, they activate, 
when uh, a taser is tested automatically kick on right um, that's a good but, thing but we're it is but we're also required to test them before we take them out right ah so now so right. now you've got anyone in the vicinity of the PD that's wearing one when an officer comes in before a shift testing it and all of a sudden all the body cams are going okay you know what I'm saying uh, so it, those are the little kinks that we're trying to work out before we actually uh, go live okay so the camera would or should go live deploying your taser mm -hmm. or your weapon. Is that the basic? Yeah, I mean, you should have it on when, anytime you're going into contact with the public. Okay. Yeah. All right. But when you're driving, just whatever, it's not on. Right. Okay. Yeah, if I'm just doing my normal everyday patrol right. uh, kind of stuff, there's, there's no need. But once you uh, once you activate different things, it automatically will kick on, or you just push the button as soon as you get out of the car. So. Okay, interesting. Um, damn, body cam. Is it big? What's it look like? No, it's it's uh, about the size of a cell phone, maybe maybe the size of your phone there, and a okay. little bit little bit smaller. Um, uh, but it yeah, it just clips onto the front of your your vest or you know your coat, whatever okay. you're wearing. It's kind of cool. It's it's actually really cool to the. The uh, the video quality is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The microphone is 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 good too. Um, I just I feel like we're always adding more stuff. You know. So no, nice yeah, y'all looking like y'all looking like RoboCop <laughs> with the joints. Yeah, I see it's that. It's cool though. It's, <laughs> it's it's cool. I like it. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting because I don't have mine yet. I'm not part of the test crew. Okay. Um, so I, I'm I'm interested to see like how does how the sergeant it, not have one? Come on, Sarge. Well, I, I thought, I thought they would hook a brother up. They like. mix it up in the building, you know. So um, and uh, and so those officers who have been trained in it will essentially train those of us who don't have it yet that go live in in January. So. Okay. Yeah, All right. That'd be cool. The time is 8.25 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We're here with Sergeant Weaver of the APD. We're talking APD things and community initiatives as well, including the body cameras, which was very important. There was a, a, a spirited push for law enforcement to have body cameras that day is upon us or coming very soon uh looks like next year there will be a full rollout all right um real quick i want to say good morning to dora sanchez soto good morning that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we know that hit the claps alvin party mills party mills <laughs> thomas cox good morning to you gary strong hello there jasmine what's up my dear friend and sister and good morning, Tracy Duran. Hey, it's Sergeant Weaver. Good morning. And Valeria, what's up? All right. Um, so we had a recent change in leadership from uh, former Chief Kristen Zeman to um, current Chief Keith Cross. How did that go? It looked like it went well. There was a swimmingly thing, but from an officer's perspective. I think it was uh, transitional smooth, right? Anytime you, um, you have uh, one chief that... Has uh, had worked her way from cadet all the way to a chief. That know, takes ability. Uh, that takes right, ability. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and there were there were a lot of uh, a lot of initiatives, a lot of programs that she had set into place, a lot of communication stuff that mm -hmm. like like the the, um, the the public information officer program, the team uh, that allows me to do um, you know like videos on Facebook or allows us to go out and. Uh, take pictures of crashes and let people know, like, hey, try to avoid this intersection. Yeah, this big crash going on. Um, 
which I love because that's, you know, that's in my wheelhouse, right? Doing mm-hmm. the media thing, uh, coming out and talking to you. I love this. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, that's awesome. I feel like when, uh, and Keith, Keith, uh, Keith's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's been, know? yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and I love working for him. I've worked for him in the past. And um, he's a strong leader, well-spoken, mm-hmm. you know, just somebody that, that I look up to that I would like, you know, that I idolize, you know, right. my role models as well. And um, coincidentally, he's got the same, or as a patrolman, he has the same badge number as my dad. Really? Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah, 120. It was meant to and be. I, want, I wanted it <laughs> when I got hired, but he already had it. So um, so I just noticed something, though, with yourself, Keith Cross and Chris and Zeman. You guys all start. Well, you didn't start as a cadet. No, no, no. Okay. Um, you guys are all lifers. Oh, yeah. 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 Like Aurora. Is that what you're saying? Well, Aurorans and then started at the, the lowest rank. Well, everybody does, yeah. Okay. Everybody starts at the bottom uh, and works their way, works their way up, you know, or or wherever you want to go, really. And you know, uh, since Chief Cross has taken over, I mean, it's just like a it was a seamless transition, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's he's been active, he's been active in the command staff for a long time, Um, you know. And 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 when you work at a at a department, I would imagine any department for that long. and you've been in a leadership position for that long. People, you know, get to know your style, um, and you know you're well respected within the department. Right. So the transition uh, for us as as patrolmen, as officers, uh, it really goes smooth. You know, as opposed to if you, I guess, were to bring in somebody from outside. There, the now there's a lateral hire thing, right? That, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, part of yeah for patrolmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not well. I'm I, not. How do you feel about that? I'm cool with it because I came from a different department. Um, I worked at Northern Illinois University Police Department before I came to Aurora. Ah, uh-huh, okay. So, but I wasn't necessarily a, a lateral. Lateral, um, you know, you're kind of coming in. It was just a little bit different because okay. I didn't even have a full year when I left there. Okay. I had like 11 months. So when I came here, it was like I was starting fresh. Gotcha. The only thing I didn't have to do was the academy. Okay. But some of these, uh, these officers, uh, men and women, are coming in with, you know, decade of experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and they've got training beyond what, what, what two-year officers have from different departments. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Uh, specialty training. Ah. So, yeah. So it's, um, and that's an investment that we're making as a police department, as a city, into bringing these people in. Mm-hmm. You know, with maybe task force experience from a from a different city, um, you know, working a, a drug unit, a gang unit, um, you know, maybe even financial crimes, right? Um, you know, whatever the case may be, we're we're bringing people in that that have a lot more experience than what you're going to get with, you know, a, a, a one year officer or somebody that's just brand new, so right? I think it's a good investment to make to answer your question. Um, so now let's talk that training. What? Is the what does the basic training look like just when you start as an officer? What is you know, what's the academy, I, I suppose? Yeah, everybody everybody here starts at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Started Excuse from the me. bottom yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, was that a joke? <laughs> no, 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 no. Every I was getting a little coffee kick back in my throat here. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. Um but yeah, no, it's uh everybody starts at square one. 
So uh, once you get offered employment with the with the police department, mm-hmm. um, you know you have some in-house training that you have to go through. We actually put our our officers uh, when you get hired, you're you're an officer. Um, you know you get sworn in and you take the oath, uh, and then we put you through some in-house training uh, stuff. The way things operate at the police department, we put you through firearms training before you even go to the academy, um, because we want to make you the best of the best in that class. Right. So, uh, then we send you off to the academy uh, for about 16 weeks. Uh, you come back on the weekends and stuff like that. Right now, they use uh, one down in Southern Illinois. Okay. Um, we've used uh, the one out at uh, community, uh, College of DuPage in the past, Salia, so the Suburban Law Enforcement Academy. Okay. Uh, that's where actually where I went. Um, and then you come back at once you graduate the academy. At the academy, you're learning everything. Everything. It's a. It's. A, I wouldn't say it's a crash course, but they 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 really do break it down for you. Um, but even at the end of the academy class, mm-hmm. um, you don't know what it's like to be a police officer yet. Of right? course not. You don't have yeah. real world experience. You haven't been out on the street. No matter what they teach. No you. No matter what they teach you, you're you know you've got the basic level of knowledge, um, and you've graduated and you get your certificate from this from the state that now you're a sworn police officer in the state of Illinois, and it's a great feeling. You know, to make it through all the physical training, mm-hmm. uh, the ground fighting tactics, the weapons, the the law classes that you sit um, and study for, because there's exams on that stuff. Make right. sure that you're you're retaining the knowledge, um, the scenario based training of going into like a domestic situation, domestic violence situation, or traffic stops. Um, everything. I mean, they put you through everything, and it's uh, it's still. You're not a police officer yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you are, but... No, yeah. I, I, it's kind of like it's kind of right. like the Navy. Like They yeah. teach you a lot in boot camp and ATD school. None of that. <laughs> I, I wasn't yeah. in the military, but... First I time they send you to San Diego, like, oh, I, I, you don't know what's yeah. going on. Yep. And then, uh, so, so once you get out of that, you come back uh, to our police department, and we put you through some more in-house training. Uh, policies and procedures on how the police department operates. Okay. Our paperwork, how we write reports, because uh, how you may be taught, uh, excuse me, how you may be taught report writing at the academy is not necessarily how we do it in Aurora. What? How? Why would they teach you something that's not fluid? I'm sure they don't do it maliciously, but you know, if, yeah, if no, it's not no, uniform. The, uh, well, the narrative, the narrative would be regular, right? Okay. Chronological order and and that kind of stuff. But our our report writing system. Okay, because yeah. of course an Aurora would be different from a DeKalb, would be right. different from an Addison. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Um, typically, the the crash reports are going to stay the same because that's like you know that's state based. Mm-hmm. But like our our incident reporting, our crime reporting stuff, uh, filling out actual police reports. The way we do it in Aurora is probably a little different. Look, when I started, we, we were handwriting our reports still. You right. know, um, on carbon copied paper, mm-hmm. and when my dad started, some of y'all were, remember that, right? The red, the yellow, the the pink. Yep, oh, yep, God. yep. You got a, you got your three part copies and all that. Uh, and even when my dad started, you know, it, it was different. And then they would they would type stuff out on typewriters. Yeah, excuse me, like in the old movies, dragging. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Those cigarette hanging out, big mustaches. <laughs> just, but um, no, you, you come back there, and then that's when the fun part starts, because then you get to go out on the street. Uh, into field training. Right. You do field training for four months uh, with a different field training officer each month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are rating you day by day. On, like, all right, the first month, put it this way, 
you're not out there doing everything on your own. You know, you are uh, basically shadowing the other officer, your training officer, right. learning, um, you know, how to handle different calls, um, the computer system, uh, your street orientation. Uh, so if you're, even if you're from Aurora, like for me, I was a West Sider. So I, I knew the West Side, I knew the East Side, but getting out east of Farnsworth, right. You know, I had to pull out my map book all the time and, yeah, and try like to find different there. streets. But uh, you go through that four-month process, and if you uh, if you make it out of field training, uh, you get assigned to a shift, and you get you get start. If you make it out of field if training, you, if you make it out of field training, okay. So there's a potential to not make out of field training. There is, there is, and it it, it does happen. Um, you know, I'm not part of the field training program, so I can't really say statistically why. Um, but I would say. Um, things like off things that are most crucial, right? Your officer safety. Are you like when you show up to a scene? Are you taking command of that scene? Right. And I'm not talking about walking around yelling at everybody. That, no. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you show up. Do you have control of that scene where um, you know people are giving you information? You're able to get that information, retain it, make a solid decision. You know, on the street. You don't have to be by yourself. It just depends on, you know, what each scenario sure. is, right? Um, but are you making those sound decisions? Are you doing everything, you know, legally, you know, and all that stuff? And then uh, are you able to write a sound report that would stand up in court? Okay. You know? And a sound report is going to have all the key details, our date, our time, our incident, everything. what happened, the names. Everything that happened. Right. Um, you know, any any paperwork that goes along with it and believe me there is a lot <laughs> yeah you know which uh they don't ever show in the movies <laughs> yeah they <laughs> they don't show the four hours of overtime you got to work to to make sure you get all the paperwork done because we're in four different counties too yeah i i so i had a question kind of about the movies and everything mm -hmm. too because you know and this is not in jest but they i mean you've got I mean, Die Hard, right? He was a cop. <laughs> yeah. But then you've got these other movies where I think that they kind of, well, I guess I'll just ask you, are they, do the movies help with the image or do they take away from it and, and muddy the waters for people to not get a clear, yeah, it's an entertainment, but. I, I think it's exactly that. It's entertainment. You know, um, there are, I can't think of, any police department that's been in like you know like a diehard type of scenario mm -hmm. <laughs> you know right, what i yeah. mean so that's and that's it that's you know strictly entertainment and uh so like that there's i'll put it to you this way um we do get action you know right we do uh we do have some dangerous situations that happen um when you're in the police career you know and a law enforcement career um People don't call you just to, to say hi, right? right. You know, they, they're typically calling and needing your help when it's one of their worst moments right. in their life, you know? And uh, so there's, there's a whole soul piece to mm -hmm. law enforcement. I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to put it into words for you, that, that, that movies don't capture. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do understand. So my uncle, who's in that picture, he was a police officer, um, and he passed away. And, and I do recall him saying something of a general 
statement, something like why we talked about not taking work home. Yeah, yeah, and before yeah. the show, yeah. he said something along the lines of like, "If you take this work home, you'll no longer have a home." Something he something that he said that was real powerful to like leave it, you know, and and that's what people don't right. see or show and understand. Um, but I guess what I'm really, what I really like to know is, is that what also makes the job worth doing? The fact that you are, people are literally contacting you in their worst moment ever. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love trying to help. I mean, obviously, day one, they ask you, you know, like, why'd you get into law enforcement? Because I want to help people. And if you lose sight of that along the way, mm -hmm. then maybe, maybe find something else. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's the rewarding part of this job is, is, it's not necessarily the, um, you know, the action and all that stuff. And, and we do see some. It's those moments that you really least expect mm -hmm. that that kind of that kind of hit you and keep you keep you going. For instance, um, picked up a little a uh, little kid wandering down New York Street one day. I was working an overtime on a day shift early in my career, and uh, couldn't have been more than two years old. Uh, dirty diaper hanging down to the ground, you know. Yeah. Uh, carrying an apple, like all brown and rotten, nasty. Walking down the sidewalk on New York Street, out by Farnsworth. Um, that moment will stick with me more than everything. Else. Everything. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Being able to get that kid uh, to safety, get him, get him help. You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a whole process there, and I won't go into it, but. Um, that and we had a I had a five year old one time that that had been abandoned, um, abandoned, but had, had gotten out, out, out by some apartments out by the mall and um, kind of been stranded. Mm -hmm. uh, bad communication and between the parents and stuff like that. Anyway, long story short, got her to the police department, got her something to eat, got her some coloring books, you know, some crayons and stuff like that, and then uh, you know it, everything got sorted out. About a week later, I got a drawing uh, in crayon from uh, from the young lady, the little girl, uh, of me and her. Oh, you know? how nice! And we don't got an awe button, but that's yeah. uh, here's the closest but, one. <laughs> like, is that a? No. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the those are the moments that that make this job like really really worth doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I have a little book of like all those little moments along the way. Good. Yeah, yeah, I keep that stuff. Um, you know, and it's, it's little moments like that. It's little moments like, um, you know, when you realize, like, hey, I really understand something. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's different because we, we come across so many different amazing things. That, yeah. That uh, scenarios that happen throughout, throughout the years of your career. And when you jot those down and, and uh, go back over them over the years, really get to appreciate you know what it is that that you're doing or trying to do you know at least for the community so, um so, makes sense oh yeah no no it totally does it totally does dora says it's a 24-hour career you help everyone every day on and off the job yeah that affects your wife and kids being a good human in every aspect thank you very much josie diane ornillas good morning 
Michelle says, the fact that he cannot put it into words brings a smile to my face. Good man, Chris Weaver. I get it. Who said that? Michelle Gums. Oh. Cheryl Brownell, good morning to you as well. Good morning, Michelle. Um, yeah, that's corny. Why'd you become a police officer? To help people. But it's true. Here's the thing. And this is on the outside looking in. I think that, as with a lot of other organizations and jobs, there are people who are just there for a check. Yeah. Because the good benefits. What is rather what takes away from a good member of law enforcement? What do you mean? Like what what stresses eat away at, at somebody or, or maybe make them like what makes one not an effective member of the law enforcement community like like what may you know i don't want to say bad but i'm you know not effective like what makes a person not be the right fit or not be the right candidate uh dishonesty first of all we don't want you right <laughs> you know right you can find yourself somewhere else um you got to have integrity you got to be able to do what's right when nobody's looking you know um that's not you don't apply right um and you have to be willing to to give of yourself and okay. not just physically because there are physical tolls that this job will take on you um but mentally and emotionally as well mm -hmm. and on top of that you you have to be able to um recognize when that stress mentally physically emotionally um is getting to be too much and be able to you know also ask for help even from your peers you know like right. hey, I, hey we need to have a chat um but i would say that look i mean if you're looking to just coast by you know and collect that check right don't apply right you know we no. we need workers um if you're if you're looking to do it because maybe you think it's cool don't apply right <laughs> you know gotcha because yeah. there are cool aspects of it don't get me wrong um but you're not there to be cool right right you're not there yeah. to be cool you're not there you know if, if you're a bully don't apply mm -hmm. you know um we don't we don't want you if you're a bully because right. we need people that are smart um good decision makers if you're a leader in your class if you're you know a leader on your team um, if your if your coaches have always told you, oh, you have leadership potential, yeah, we want you. Okay, you know what I'm saying. If you're a good morning Aurora listener, uh. hey. <laughs> but if you're, uh, but yeah, like I I tell my kids too. I'm like, look, I I I don't know where my kids are going to end up. You know, that's that's their journey, that's their path, and I'll give them guidance along the way. Right. Um, but I I have two requirements for them. Right. Um, be a good person. You know. And uh, I forgot the other one. <laughs> I forgot the other one. But no, I. But I always tell them like, look, be a, be a good person, make good decisions. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, where, whatever career path you end up on. Um, look, I, I went to college to be an actor. You did? Yeah. I graduated from Illinois State with a bachelor's degree in acting. Shit. Well, you didn't go that far away. You can you play a great cop, right? Yeah, yeah. That was just the longest running show in APD history. Uh, but no, it was almost twenty years, right? I'm I'm, I'm I'm rivaling cats right now. Oh man! But that's uh, awesome. but no, it's um. I tell them, look, look, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do, 
you got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. You got to be a good person. You know, be respectful to your coaches, to your teachers, amen, to your friends, to your family. Um, do that. Whatever career path you end up choosing, that's up to you. Right. You know, um, whoever you love, love that person. I don't care. Make sure they love you back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really simple at the end of the day, I think. Um, it reminds me of a song. If you can be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Yes, that's a good song. I love that song. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen enough, and I tell my kids, it's like, you've seen enough of, of people, um, including myself. Like, I've made bad decisions in the past, and it wasn't working out. Right. Um, so make that change. Make that change. It's okay. It's your life. It's so short. Yep. Um, but if you want to make a difference in your community, um, you know, do something good. Help people, um, you know, make, make good money. Have good benefits. But like I said, if you're, if you're a leader, if you're a smart person, you know, you apply yourself, mm-hmm. um, we're looking for you. We want you. Uh, Vanessa Rodriguez Aguirre says, we appreciate all the work APD does for the community. Thank you. That's very kind. Yeah. Well, thank you. Shouts <laughs> out. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Um, all right. Good morning to everybody. If you're just tuning in, Jane Laverens Murray, good morning to you as well. If you're Wait, just tuning Oh, I think that's Jane. I think she was my bus driver. Your bus driver? When, when I was a kid. Throwback. Hey. Jane, is that you? Jane, if you are his bus driver from when he were he was young, put that in the chat. That's awesome. Good I stuff. Think she was. <laughs> I love her. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. She she was the best bus driver I ever had in my life. Our friend Bertha says, "Great to know APD is bringing in experienced officers as well as new officers to the force." Um. So here's the next question. The time is eight forty nine. Damn, it went flying by. Holy cow. (laughs) It never goes this fast. All right. Um, So, Mr. Lee, he'll, Lee, I'm going to mess up your name. Katavu. 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 I probably just messed it up. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Yeah. He mentioned coming on the show when APD signed a uh, contract with the city of Aurora. Has Mm. that happened yet? Not to my knowledge. Okay. So, there's, there's there's a couple different... Uh, collective bargaining groups. Sure. Uh, the sergeants are separate from uh, patrolman level. Okay. That could be patrolman detectives. That could be um, evidence techs. Uh, sworn police officers who have not been promoted yet. Okay. Are, are part of um, the Aurora, um, it's called the APO, um, Association of Professional Police Officers okay. Union. Uh, so that's, that's their... Um, Collective bargaining agreement, their contract. Okay. That it's my understanding they're probably still working out. All right. Yeah. I, okay. haven't, I haven't heard anything new on that. Uh, the sergeants uh, have a separate union, which okay. is what I'm part of. So, if you're, um, oh, I'm sorry. If he says he's coming on, he'll he'll come on. He'll make good of that. Yeah, he's a good brother. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. We sat down and had coffee at Treadwell a couple of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a he's a great man. Um, it's funny too. If your dad, he is. He's not your average like no, he's funny police guy. union guy. He's yeah. really not. He's tall. He's one of the tallest. I've not since Luke Longley has <laughs> have I seen a, a white dude that tall. Quite crazy. Um, if your dad wasn't a police officer, yeah, would you have been a police officer? 
Good question. I never thought about it. I don't know. So, like, I would think definitely something in public service. Um, there's a... That's uh, based on the household you grew up in. Right. Um, I would say, based on that, based on the way we were raised, right? We were raised, trying to think, like, trying to think of what my dad would have done outside of law enforcement, and then would I have still cho chosen law enforcement as a career path? Um, I think I would have definitely done something in public service. Um, you know, we were raised to always be helping people. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of, basically what I'm trying to do is think of my childhood without my dad as a police officer, and I can't do it. Right, yeah. <laughs> because there's, there, there's more than just your dad being a police officer, right? There is a, there's a whole family that comes along with that with that career. Like if you choose this career path, mm -hmm. you know, they say it's not just a career, it's a lifestyle. There's a lot to be said for that because uh, people that I hang out with, people that my dad hung out with were police officers, men and women of the Aurora Police Department, right. or even different uh, police departments because there's a, you share a common bond. It's a brotherhood. Yeah, brotherhood, yeah. sisterhood, it's a family. Of it's of a course, family. Yeah, it's yeah. a family. Right. Um, you know, I, I grew up, we grew up on Fordham. Uh, 400 blocks of South Fordham, just just up from Prisco's and Spartan House. Okay, and uh, we we had a new garage put up one time, um, detached garage, and the people that built it were police officers. You know right. what I mean? People that would stop by our house for dinner, you know, like with my mom and dad, mm -hmm. were police officers. Um, families that we would uh, share like holidays and and dinners with were police officers. Right. You know, so it's very difficult for me to try to separate that uh, but being of public service uh, was of you know so ingrained in me as a kid that I definitely think if he wasn't a police officer I would have been in public service maybe uh, I actually toured the fire department before I tested for for the police department really? oh yeah, oh, yeah snap with uh, with Russ glass down at station one um, because I became a paramedic too uh, before I got hired at Aurora and uh, I love that. I just love, like, here is this chaotic incident. Figure it out. I love, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Here, here, is, oh, yeah. here is trauma. Here is somebody, you know, not breathing. Their heart has stopped. Figure it out. You know what I mean? And I, I gobbled that up, man. I just love that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why. I can't explain it. Maybe it's in my DNA. Um, but I love that challenge. So... Um, so if Addie, not police, maybe maybe a fire, fireman, paramedic, or something. Our friend Addie says, "Great interview, thank you, Addie. Do you still act?" Uh, actually, I don't act. Uh, I sing. I'm in a band, uh, and that's my hobby. Is this a joke right now? This is not a joke. Oh, okay, no, no, say, just, I can't tell if this dude. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm in a I'm in a band. We do some uh, some rock and roll covers. We do some some uh, some blues, some soul. Okay. Um, yeah, we just had two gigs over the weekend. Uh, play Friday night and Saturday night. All right, this is really, watch out! You can get yeah. arrested or sung to, like yeah. a frog in a corner uh, eagle rap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guess what? Um, Jane says yes. It is Miss Murray. Bus eighty three. Bus eighty three. Bus eighty three. <laughs> Shouts out. Hi, Miss Murray. Jane, thank you very much for tuning in. We it's greatly appreciated. Very much man, so. She was she was great, man. She uh, she took care of us on the bus. Um, 
And it was it was just a fun bus to be on. Yeah. You know, last day of school, she would always let us. Uh, and I hope I'm not getting her in trouble for this. But she would always <laughs> let us have a have a have a paper fight. You know, okay, like all yeah. paper just yeah, get loose. Everybody, yeah. everybody would get loose, get crazy on the last day of school, and then you know we try to help her uh, clean it up on the way out because then we were one of the, closer to the last stops. But uh, our friend Tracy Duran says my 11 year old daughter is so intrigued with APD. We visit the police station a few times for treats, and she was able to get a tour. All the folks there are awesome. And she is hell-bent on becoming a police officer Great. because of officers like you. Oh, that's awesome. That is. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, look forward to working with her. Um, I probably won't be there by the time she gets hired. Right, yeah, yep, you'll be a... Maybe, uh, hey, maybe I'll stick around. Yeah. Um, so Josie says CPAAA, which I think is the... Citizens Police Academy Alumni Association. All right. It's a great yeah. way to learn about the police Absolutely. department. Absolutely. Awesome. And Michelle says, your dad was my dad, too. I was just as afraid to disappoint him as her own dad. Michelle who? Gums. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her dad her dad was a was a police officer as well. Awesome. Um he performs in the band La Grande Band. That's true. That's true. <laughs> who put that on there? <laughs> uh that's our dear friend Josie Mendoza Geller. Yeah, so so we did. We played the uh, Citizens Police Academy Alumni Association Christmas banquet. <sighs> uh Friday night. Okay. Uh, for their and they they give out their awards to the alumni of the year. So if you want to, I'll, I'll give them a plug because if I had the time. Yeah, you got time. time, bro. So they uh, they uh, the Citizens Police Academy is it's just amazing, and I'll tell you why. It gives people who live, work, uh, own property in the city of Aurora an opportunity to go one on one with police. Uh, we do two two classes a year. Um, and I mean, you got to fill out an application and, and get accepted to the class, which is not difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to know who we're letting into the PD. Of course, of so, course, makes sense. Um, but anyway, so you, you sign up for the class once a week. You get together with police officers, uh, like-minded people in the community, uh, and then we we put you through different things, all aspects of the PD: investigations, our uh, our special response team or SWAT, uh, K9. Uh, depending on, and the classes change up a little bit here and there uh, on who's available. But they also do, uh, they've done room clearing in the past, like we teach you how to enter a room, how to properly search a room, how to use a flashlight in low light situations, right? right? And I'm sure you probably know about this from, from being in the Navy or something like that, but um, there's there's ways that you don't do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's ways that are going to get you hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and you may be thinking, how do you get hurt with a flashlight? Well, it's possible. Trust me. Um, <laughs> you don't want to find out. Yeah, you don't want to find out. <laughs> so, uh, but but ways to ways to enter a stairwell. You know, think about that. Um, but traffic stops and how we how we handcuff people. Right. Because there's believe it or not, you might just think, hey, oh, they just put them out. No, there's no. a certain way you got to put them out. Um, you know, you don't want to you don't want to injure anyone putting those things on. Um, but anyway, we put you through all of that stuff, and at the end of it all, they have a graduation. and And once you graduate from our Citizens Police Academy, you have an opportunity to become a member of the Alumni Association. And those folks are absolutely incredible. Okay, they, they do fundraisers throughout the year, uh, raise money for different things that that come about throughout the year that weren't pre budgeted for that. You know, we come across there's always new equipment out there, right? People are always making uh, new advancements to technology or equipment or uh, things that we can we can carry to make our jobs safer, not only for ourselves but but for you as the public that uh, 
they help us uh, obtain throughout the year. Um, do a lot of programs down at Rivers Edge Park. Okay, you know, yeah, you know, shout out. Like checking out, uh, checking the bags as people come in. Right. You know, those are members of Citizens Police Academy uh, alumni that are oh. doing that. So, yeah, they're fantastic people involved in the city. Some of them even do like emergency management, you know, going out. Um, we're going to have like a major crash scene that, that we need to lock down an intersection for several hours, but we need the officers that are originally there to go out and handle calls. Right. Because people are still calling 911, you know. The yeah. city doesn't shut down when when stuff like that happens. So, um We'll call email and they'll they'll come and block down that intersection for us. Norma so Peterson says, "Great interview, personalized the police for us. Thank you very much, Norma. Looking forward to the next academy." Cool. Kay Murphy. Oh, La hi, Kay. Legrand Band was awesome Friday night. Oh, CP Triple A is the place to be if you're too old to be a cop. Thanks for letting us know that. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Kay. <laughs> All right, and then Josie says, "Traffic stops and reaction and firing range was eye opening. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah." And we, we try to keep it, you know, as real as possible. Um, this, we, don't, we don't play stump the chump, you know, right. where uh, we, we know that you come in having little to no experience. Sometimes we get people in that, that have prior military experience. So, you know, you've got that, that mindset coming in mm -hmm. to, like, different things like the firing range and stuff like that. But, um, no, we're, we're trying to be as open and honest with you as possible just to give you uh, – uh, ground level introduction into into what it is we do and why we do it um oftentimes i think we do a really good job at responding mm -hmm. you know sometimes we uh we could do a better job at explaining why we responded the way we did that amen to that no it totally it totally you know, does because i i've i've personally felt kind of going back to what we talked about before like some of these incidents if it was just detailed the why yeah. that would be so helpful as opposed to now it's a week after the incident yeah. and you know chris wallace is talking about it yeah. and everything yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i i definitely feel like there there was a time where it was like well you don't need to know you don't need to know why we did that you know what i mean yeah not, yeah. not necessarily standoffish but like Let's maybe articulate that a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I, I, <laughs> like, I completely agree. Listen, we can't share that with you right now because of ABC XYZ. Yeah. Uh, or just explain to you why. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll tell you why. Why it is, uh, why we do it the way we do it. And I think that takes a lot of the, uh, the guessing. Letting people know there's a protocol and we have to follow that is always better than just right. stuck. You don't need to know. Like, right. well, what the? There are certain there are certain ways that we have to do things because this is going to be presented in a court of law at right. some point in time. So all of the the T's, the I's, all that stuff has to be in order. Um, you know, so that a criminal charges get approved by a state's attorney. Right. And B, um, you know, we're trying to ensure a conviction on something, uh, whatever the case may be, um, so that the offender has less opportunity in the future to reoffend. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we don't articulate that very well. Uh, the time but. is 9.02 a.m. Damn, well, we're going to go over for one last question. Um, Dora says, I was part of the Spanish Police Academy for 911 a long time ago. Thank you very much for sharing that. And sharing extended video after clips are put up on social media is helpful in knowing the whole story. Thank you very much, Josie, for that. Um, Here's the thing. So the old Aurora Police 
station and department was at on River Street. Yep. The old yep. place there. Yeah, that's where I started. Yep. Um, and now we have 1200 East Indian Trail. Yeah. Um, did you ever feel, this is kind of a personal thing, did you ever feel like, was there anybody that you ever took to jail that you thought, this guy doesn't really deserve to be? Uh, because that environment was what it was, you know, old paint chipping, not the best. And then you got this flooding. New, yeah, flooding. Well, yeah, like if an inmate or an inmate, I don't say, but but so if somebody in jail uh, had flooded the cell, the sewage water would seep into the men's locker room. So oh. you'd show up for work walking walking through. Nice. You got sandals on and <laughs> shit. <laughs> walking through Gross. some sewer water. Um, you know what? That I. I'm gonna to get to your question, but there there was some nostalgia about 350 mm -hmm. that I I kind of miss um, because as a kid I would visit my dad there, right? You know, and when I got hired, that's where I started. So I remember when I first got hired, and I probably hadn't been in the building for about a year because I I was working at NIU. Um, but the first time I walked in there and got on the elevator to go down to the locker room, mm -hmm. it smelled exactly the same as when I'd visit my dad as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that, that sense memory. Well, like justice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, but no, not really. The, 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 uh, the elevator smelled the same from when I was a kid to when I first started. Yeah. I uh, got hired there. But there are, um, listen, we're, we are law enforcement, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes there are, there are uh, warrants that are issued or... Um, mandates that that we have to follow things that are are assigned by judges and it's not personal like right. when, when we have to enforce something we have no choice right um you know so your your personal opinion can't really uh cloud understood the, the fact that you are a hired to do a job took an oath to do a job um and while you may not agree with um you know a mandate or a law or uh, an order that that is set you're the police right you know so um yeah there's sometimes on a personal level things that i don't agree with but that's not why i'm here right you, you know what i mean i got you you yep. know when 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 we get called to serve and and you take that oath that you know you will be beyond reproach you do it you do your job gotcha you know now if there's something that you don't agree with because you know, it's illegal or not not illegal, but you think it. You know, it's it's not right. Mm -hmm. um, then that's the time. That's the time. That's when you see something and say something, right? Just like as a kid. Is that officer discretion? Uh, you can, yeah. Officer discretion. Um, there are some times where you can't even have discretion, right? There okay. are things that are that are black and white, for lack of a better phrase, where um, you know where it's set in the law that this shall be done. Sure. Right. Um, so yeah, there's there's no leeway on those. Now, if it's like, you know, you pull somebody over for speeding, they have a, um, let me say like a legitimate reason, but you know, maybe maybe they actually do have an emergency. You know what I mean? Are you gonna are you gonna hold them there while you while you write them a citation, or are you gonna cut them a break this time? You know that that would be where we use discretion. Gotcha. Not gotcha. You know, yeah, not not something of of a more serious nature where it's like, ah, eh, all right, go ahead and go. The law, right? Yeah, of course. Wait, no, right. Hey, it doesn't work that way. Okay. You know, shouldn't work that way. I should say. It's nine oh six a.m. So, 
This has been a hell of a conversation, man. Yeah, good, good one. Oh good man, one. thanks this for has having been a me good on. One. I, I truly I, appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Um, Michelle Gums, thank you very much. Want to say good morning to Michelle and good morning to all of you great people. Um, so the show ends on a positive note. We did not get to the crisis intervention team, but we'll maybe we'll do that for another great team. Another time, great team. So, so why do you have to jump off here? Well, why can't we just keep going? Fine then. We can. We can. See that? We, we got time for this because I this is important. I mean, I, I, I did want to bring off. this up. I got nowhere to be. So I did want to bring this yeah, up. Yeah, let's bring it up. Um, so the crisis intervention team. I just want to read a little bit from them real quick. The Aurora Police Department strives to enhance the quality of life for those with special needs or mental illness and their families, yep. and to reduce the use or need for force necessary to protect these citizens. Their crisis intervention team officers work to guide these citizens and their families to a safe and favorable outcome. The APD also works with the community, the courts, and local service partners to help these citizens. Um, have you personally worked with them? How many of them are there in the team, and what's the basic job of the, these folks? Yeah, so uh, when, when CIT or crisis intervention team first, first came out to, to the Aurora Police Department, I was one of the first officers to, to jump on that, um, to, to get that training. Okay. Uh, we started that years ago, and uh, what it is is uh, a, a different way. When you when you break it down, it's a different way of looking at the scenario in front of you. Okay, um, for years we would get called to situations of, you know, it's just somebody's out of control, mm -hmm. you know, or we can't handle this situation. We need the police, right? You know, and we're showing up untrained to handle mental health situations. Right. Legitimately. Um, we were not, there was no real specific training to recognize, um, you know, somebody in crisis. Right. You know, it was just, hey, we can't handle this. Let's call the police. You know no, I know what you mean. I don't mean to be cavalier about it. What I'm saying is. Mom can't handle her son. He's 18. He's pissed off. Maybe a little bit hungover. Call the police. Right, right, right. And we're showing up, and, and there's something that's not right. Right. You know, and, and we know it. We can see that something's not right. But at that time, we hadn't been trained to recognize what it was. That, that uh, we weren't trained to see the, the signs um, of maybe, uh, you know, for an example, maybe autism, signs of autism. Right. You know, like, why aren't you talking to me? You know, mm -hmm. um, why aren't you looking me in the eye? Right. It, um, and, and these are legitimate things that, that were like un unprepared at the time to, to really handle. So we started this, this team and we had mental health professionals come in and, and teach us about the signs of either a, a mental illness or a disability um, so that when we're showing up to these scenarios, you know, may, maybe somebody is drunk, but drunk can also look like something else. Sure. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so then we're able to, now that we've got this training, and it's continued training, it's not like one and done, you know. Right. Um, but now we're able to really dissect something when we're showing up. Um, and we have numerous officers uh, that are trained in this on various shifts um, that when we get somebody in crisis, we try to get one of those officers there uh, that's trained in it to recognize it. And I'll tell you what. It has helped immensely because you're showing up to a call and you know what if it takes an hour two hours 
to sit and talk and get somebody that's you know in crisis here right you know to to down here where where we're having now a conversation and we're sorting out you know through the issue what it is um and getting them resources maybe it's maybe it's uh, a ride to the hospital where where we're talking with a mental health professional right um we would much rather do that than you know showing up and just all right, what's the problem? We need to sort through this. We need to go. We, you know, we got other stuff to do. Here's the thing. Um, and I had this conversation with Ron Hain. I think, on the outside looking in, I think that the bag em and tag them. Yeah. The only good guys are bad guys. I think that that mentality has been the number one thing that's been detrimental to law enforcement yes. for well, fill in the blank of how long you want to go back. Right. I think that that hit, because you look at this, assessment, intervention, mm -hmm. linked to community resources, that's a no-brainer. Right. And we're, we're the ones showing up first. Right. So we should be trained in that. Right. You know, um, I've, I've, I've heard other officers say, you know what, that's not what I signed up for, or that's, that's not um, something I'm comfortable with dealing with. <laughs> Listen, we're the first ones to go. Right. You know? Uh, so we need to get comfortable in this. We right. need to um, be the, the tip of the spear right. when we're showing up to people's homes, and we need to be recognizing the signs of somebody that's in distress, somebody that's got a disability um, that may be causing their behavior um, to be different than what some uh, you know different than what your normal situation would be. Right. I don't even know if that... You, you understand no, what I'm I, saying? No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, because I know the, exactly you're, what you're you absolutely mean. right when you say that the whole bag them and tag them mentality is detrimental because it is. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not the way we should be, in my opinion. You know, yeah. and, and who am I? But in my opinion, this is this has really, really helped us right. as a police department, you know, recognize that stuff. And... Um, now we have CITE, we have Crisis Intervention Team Enhanced, mm -hmm. uh, where we have right now two, um, hopefully more in the future, but now we have two designated uh, officers who are doing follow-ups with folks that, um, you know, officers can reach out to these, patrol officers can reach out to the CITE mm -hmm. and say, listen, this is the first time that we've gone to this location to talk to this individual. Something's not right, right? You know, um, and you do a follow up because patrolmen don't have the opportunity necessarily to go do follow ups, right? You know, because you're called to call to call to call. Mm -hmm. So uh, these officers, along with social workers, you know, uh, will do the follow ups, yeah, or will even respond to somebody that's in crisis right then, and that is huge. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so the last, well, other thing I wanted to ask you about, because, and I kind of, I'll, I'll get there to this, but because the police know if you, if a good officer mm -hmm. knows exactly who down to the individuals who are just joking, wasting time, who are actually the people who are committing crime. Because they're constantly in the system. Like a good officer knows that like this location. Sure. These are the characters. Mm -hmm. 
these are the guys who are consistently so you're able to thread that needle between who potentially needs to benefit from the help and who's just going to be yeah. gaming the system yeah right yeah um the other thing i want to ask you about is is it true at the depart at the at in, when training officers are taught to keep your eye on hands it's not weapons it's hands well yeah um we're trained to watch everything right right, right. yeah right? yeah um but it is so important i mean hands hands do most of the work right you know yep. if i if i could see what's in your brain and know what you're going to do before <laughs> you do I'd be a gazillionaire, right? We need that. We right? need that technology. That, that'd be yeah. minority report. <laughs> yeah. Minority report, right? Tom yep. Cruise. Yep. But um, no, the the hands do most of the work, right? They they do the punching, they do the hitting, the slapping. Um, you know, they they grab things. You know, and we want to make sure they're not grabbing us. You know, grabbing our right. weapons. You know, this. You know, having my hands in my pockets, you can't can't see what I'm messing around with right. you know I, I could just be pulling out my my mask here, yep or uh, my, my my keys over here or you know I could have a, a weapon tucked in here right but you you can't see that and it's not like I'm gonna go trying to obtain that with my feet right you know yep. co common sense says if I'm gonna you know use a weapon it's gonna be with these right you know and these these may very well be the weapons right. but yeah, you're you're constantly looking at the hands. You know what are what are they grabbing, and it's not necessarily like we we want your hands up all all the time. You know we but hey, just take your hands out of your pockets, right? Because then I can I can see, right? And, and that kind of, I mean my my love my level of suspicion is always raised. Yeah, as an, as, as a good as it should as a be. good off, as a good <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, did you hear that? <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. As it should be. Um, because we're not, look, we're going into your house on maybe a, maybe a disagreement, a domestic mm -hmm. uh, situation, uh, or stopping your, in your car, right? These are environments where you know where everything is at. Exactly. And I don't. Right. You know, even if I've stopped you before, I've been to your house before, that's your environment. Right. Right. That's your habitat. That's your, you know, you know where everything is at. You know where everything is hidden, and I don't. And I'm not willing to play hide and seek with you. You know, you know what I mean? No, yes, That's not I my do. job. My I job do. is not to be like, hey, all right, go ahead and have free range of wherever. Um, that's why my suspicions are always up. That's why we need to take control of that situation when we show up. Just stay right here. Let me see your hands. You know. Um, uh, so, yeah, we're, we're constantly looking at the hands. Constant. Yeah. You know. Okay. I've never seen anybody grab something with their feet. Sure, it's possible. Right. Sure, yeah. it's sure possible. <laughs> Naked and afraid. I just haven't seen it. Right. Right. All right. Um, so it's nine seventeen. The show ends on a positive note. What is your message today for the people of Aurora? Well, uh, for one, we're looking to hire cadets. <laughs> okay. Or, uh, yeah, cadet applications. So if you're between 17 and 20, uh, you're interested in law enforcement. If you're 17 and going to graduate high school in the spring and you're interested in law enforcement, uh, please fill out that application, you know, and test to be a cadet. Uh, we've had numerous cadets work their way up from cadet all the way to the chief of police. Okay. Um, it is rewarding. Uh, you get to work in every aspect of the police department. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to go on ride-alongs basically whenever you want to. 
because you're part of the police department. Nice. Right? You're like our little brothers and sisters. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we try to get you exposed into everything. We used, uh, when I was on SWAT, we would uh, use our cadets as role players. You know, so they got to learn how we moved. Yeah. And we got, you know, young, fresh uh, people to, to chase. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But no, it's, it's a good time. Um, my dad, like I said, my dad was a cadet. You know, Kristen Zima was a cadet. Um, it, it's a great department to work for. And uh, we would love some, some fresh, intelligent uh, leaders right. uh, to work their way up through the police department. Um, and I, as I always say, you know, I always say help others before you help yourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, just be a good person. Right. Please. Um, <laughs> it's the holidays. Seriously. Yeah. Let's be a good person going into the new so. year. Um, and as we've said, if you want to make change, you can actually be that change. Um, so we appreciate you guys tuning into the show today. And we thank Sergeant Weaver for coming on. Uh, shout out to APD, Alvin Soto, Dora Sanchez Soto, and all of our other friends. L- Lieutenant Woods. Lieutenant Woods. Congrats on your retirement. Oh, the big dude with the tattoos. Sully. Oh, yeah, Sully. Officer Sully. Officer shout Sully, what Sully. up? Um, and all of our other friends, like Officer Peschke. Shout out. Sotos. Did you say Sotos? We said the Sotos. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. bad. And uh, Police Chief Katavu. Katavu. Lee, um, hope that you have a great day as well. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in. And as I always tell you, take care of yourself and each other. Need some bad boys music. To play.